Hey everyone, welcome back to Badum Biz. It's Paul here. I'm here with Anthony. Uh, we are uh, joined today by a very, very special, exciting guest um, that we've been looking forward to having on for months now. Um, Adam Marshall, codenamed Denison. That's what he. Uh, that's what he goes under. It's his artist moniker. Um, well, let me just introduce you to Adam real quick. I've known Adam now for, I'm going to say, nigh on 20 years. Uh, myself and Adam used to play in a band, a cover band together in the, in the UK. And uh, Adam was a, a huge part, driving force, um, one of the main songwriters and uh, the lead guitar player in Susie's Field, who... I spoke about in my first podcast with Anthony, if you'll remember, Ant, that yeah. fun day. Um, so Adam is a multi-instrumentalist, and the list is endless, multi-instrumentalist, singer, songwriter, produces his own music. I'm, I might need correction here, mixes his own music, uh, creates everything himself from home, um, for the most part, uh, writes in multi-genres, uh, jazz, pop, Americana, singer-songwriter genre, a little bit of even electronica, hip-hop stuff in there, synth-based, guitar-based, uh, something for everybody. Uh, he's been writing, he's had multiple EPs out over the last nearly 20 years now, starting with his Deniston EP, 2005, all the way up to his latest release, Home Life, 2020. And Adam Marshall does not waste his evenings, guys. This is a man that works hard. He's also a professional musician, married, father, and uh, he's joining us as of right now via Zoom from Jersey. He's in old Jersey. We're in New Jersey, Ant. Right. So we got the two jerseys connected. Uh, Adam is in Jersey in the UK. Um, Adam, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening. Yeah, I'm very well. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, yeah. I look forward to talking to you guys. And yeah, uh, that was quite a long introduction. When you think about it, yeah, 20 years. It's yeah, it's been a long time, hasn't it? It has. It has been a long time. A uh, Adam, what's, I was thinking about this in the car earlier on, and, and usually what we do is, myself and Anthony have had a few people that we've known on here, um, and we try to like go, well, I know Adam from... I want you to tell me, where do you remember first meeting me? Uh, that's a good question. So it would have been around, yeah, 2000, 2001, maybe. Um, and I think we may just have seen you. I, I do recall watching you guys at the Bridge Bar, which is a, a bar uh, that I think your dad used to run it at one point, didn't he? Um, yeah. in, in Jersey and um, yeah it was you and your two brothers it was just a three of you and it was a, I think it was a Sunday evening um, and you used to have quite a few good Sunday sessions didn't you in the evening on a Sunday in the bridge I think they were the classics weren't they on the Sunday they, got, they definitely got messy <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. I, I, I don't think it was the same night that I, I met you or, or, or spoke to you or saw you play or whatever but I do recall one evening me and Matt were sat on the balcony ab above, you know, looking down and watching you. And some guy at the bar decided to, during, I think it was The End by The Doors, 
started to uh, just strip naked yeah. and start dancing around. Um, yeah. And you just thought, what the hell is, you know, is, yeah. is he part of the band? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he was he was abruptly uh, just removed from the premises. But that was, that was memorable. And then I yeah. think we just maybe after the gig or maybe in chambers or something we might have met up with you and and we we sort of got together and started chatting and then eventually you know we said why don't you come down and play some songs maybe maybe went to your place at Apsley road and uh and maybe came back and had a jam session a couple of nights who knows i i, I don't really recall from then i just there's just little snippets that you remember you know of those days i mean we might have we might have enjoyed a drink back then, uh, Adam. Yeah. So we, 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 uh, we, from time to time, we might have gotten a little bit drunk. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, have you ever had somebody strip at one of your shows? <laughs> no. No? I mean, like, I almost feel like uh, I'm missing out. I'm a little jealous. Right? I mean, it was a guy. It was a, I, I can't remember what his name was, but hey man, I remember. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, he, was a good, he was a good looking guy. You know? No judgment. Yeah. <laughs> so, Adam you were playing in another band. So we, we lived on this very small island um, and uh, you were playing in another band and it was kind of, we were the only two young bands doing what we were doing at the time. So you were in a band called Phoenix mm-hmm. and myself and, and my brothers were in the original Susie's Field. Um, and I think my first recollection of you guys was uh, we had started playing Chambers, and then like two weeks later, I heard that, hey, there's another like band around your age playing in Chambers called Phoenix, and we went to see you guys. And I don't think I talked to you that night, but uh, we checked you guys out, and we kind of just naturally gravitated to each other because we were the same age, we were playing similar music. Uh, and then I started to go to see you and Matt at the uh, St. James. <laughs> God above uh, the Saint James, James for doing your two piece. So, uh, wow. so there you go. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. that's Wednesday that's nights. yeah, that's uh, that's that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty that's way back in the distant past, Anthony. That is like, you know, we're talking standing stones and mists in the distance and like Celtic <laughs> music playing. And, uh, so, but Paul and I, you know, we've played hundreds, close to a thousand gigs together. Is it similar with the two of you? You just have oh. played together so much. <laughs> Adam, have a guess. How many yeah, gigs a, do you think we played today? A lot. I mean, we were doing over. Th- I don't know. Three hundred shows I, I, a year, so it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wow. remember doing. I think it was, was. It was something ridiculous, like five gigs in one day on a Sunday. I, yeah. I see that was the record. Yeah. So uh, how you even do? So the last gig would have been like what half eleven at night, and the first maybe lunchtime. So it was yeah. just back to back. That those sorts of, you know, they were quite rare, but sure. still. We we were putting in the hours. Yeah, I mean when you're when you're talking about it was, yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, good fun, right? It was like it was busy times, but yeah, I mean I think I think three hundred shows a year is probably conservative. I think we did. I mean we were doing two every Friday and three every Sunday minimum. You know, uh, so it was busy times. Yeah. But so we started yeah. playing together, um, when you wrote a song called Alone. Do you remember That's that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so yeah, that how that came about was uh, my my recollection of that was um I think we Jinky was involved, wasn't it? JJ Gill and other artists That's that right, you yeah. guys were, yeah. were were playing with. And I think 
I was recording with him some, something on a on a mini disc. Do you remember mini disc? <laughs> mini disc recorder. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're, if you're a bass player, just don't bother with mini disc, right? It's just like it's fine. Yeah, the dynamic range is like that. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah, we just went around to his house, and he I, I was just there providing this little eight track thing, and he was working on it, and I said, oh, I've got a couple of songs, and um he he said well why don't you play them so i played a few of them and he, he heard alone and he said oh yeah that's that stands out let's do that one and then i think we played it to you guys and then ali came up with that um intro guitar and then you know we, we, we maybe jammed it for a bit um and then yeah that then we recorded it of course uh mm-hmm. one of the only two two or three i think well maybe only two i think we did in Gilbert's in in Gilbert, Gilbert O'Sullivan's place. Yeah, actually, that that reminds me. It's uh, I was I was gonna. We were talking about experiences. I was talking about experiences with somebody the other day, and I, it reminded me of something that I I forget um, <clears throat> that happened to us together. This most Anthony. This was the craziest thing. So I don't know if you're familiar with a, a singer from the seventies called Gilbert Gilbert O'Sullivan. No, I'm not. No, so he had like he had like some really big pop hits. Uh, Alone again, naturally was one of them, and I think he had a song called Claire or something. Uh, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't. My aunts were like big fans of this guy, but we recorded in his studio in in Jersey. That's where he lives. And uh, when we were up there recording, we were recording for two days. He like invited us into his. Ha- you were there, Adam, right? He invited mm-hmm. us into his house to his like music listening room where he had like thousands of CDs and these like really great speakers. And we spent like, like two hours or something chatting with like one of the best songwriters of the seventies. And we were just like, wow, this is amazing. It would be like, I mean, this guy was like in the realms of like Cat Stevens and like these kind of guys, like James Taylor, like a really like a songwriter songwriter. And um, that's cool. obviously a UK based guy, but it was like a really kind of cool joint experience we had. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's when we started writing together that afternoon. We started with Susie's Fields. So all of that stuff uh, you can hear on the, the first Susie's Field album called Mirrors. Um, but what, what I'm really interested in, Adam, is and what I'm really a fan of, because uh, it's kind of weird when you're playing with somebody you kind of, you're working on their music, but now I get to sit back and listen to the music that you've written yourself and produced. And uh, it's incredible. It's it's really great stuff. And it sounds like from the music that you're in a, like a really good space in your life. So like, mm-hmm. tell me last five years, what's been going on with you? Well, so last five years, I, I think I got, I got married uh five nearly five years ago so five years ago on august in august the i want to say the ninth uh but let's cut that bit out <laughs> i'm not sure what the, what my anniversary is. <laughs> but it's yeah i got married ago married five years ago um and so that you know that's not really changed my approach or in any way or changed the way i look at music it's just you know i, I tend to keep them separate you know my the personal life although they, they have to overlap at times but i do try to keep things separate and in times of, in terms of professional stuff that's been going on the last five years 
I was playing with Matt Still in a band uh, called The Reasons, but I think around five years ago, I just didn't have the time, you know, to to to, to give it, you know, mm. playing chambers till one at one a.m. on a on a Wednesday night. It's just not it's it's not going to work anymore um, yeah. for me, um, particularly when I have to get up and and, and go to work in the morning. Um, so I was playing bass there, quite busy doing functions, going to Guernsey as you, our sister island. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as, as you know you, you know you know very well um, yeah. and yeah and and then that's when i started really spending a bit more money on on equipment not that you need to spend money on equipment if you want to write nice songs and record them. i mean it's not a necessity but i did have the money to 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 invest in good gear um and just maybe i i think yeah five years ago i focused more so that's when i maybe released my first ep um around five years ago that I, I didn't record myself actually i i recorded it with another guy over here called wilson nash who he he is like the custodian of the raymond the, the gilbert o'sullivan studio now um and he also has his own equipment and stuff so he, he produced gilbert's like latest record actually which was quite successful in the uk and i think in cool. ireland as well <clears throat> yeah um he didn't produce it sorry he, he sort of engineered it ethan johns produced it okay oh, um, wow. all right so he he so I working with him was cool, um, but it just gave me an a, an insight into how how much it's it's moved on since we were doing it. You know, when we started doing it with mini disc players, as I said earlier on, and, and, yeah. and four tracks and stuff, um, you you couldn't really get much out of the, that out of that sort of equipment. I don't think in terms of releasing it. Profe- I mean, we, we did, yeah, but. But you know, it, it, to take it to that next level, you had to go to a big studio with loads of, with a big mixing desk like Gilberts and spend money. Sure. Whereas now it's, it's become so much easier. So around five years years ago, I took the decision to to, to invest in some equipment, such as you can see. I know this is a podcast, and but you guys can see it, like the the treatment on the walls. Um, okay, right. <clears throat> the speakers here that you can't see. Yeah. Um, and all the there's some preamps there and and stuff like that. Um. And so, yeah, then I, after that first EP, I got the taste for it and I started recording just one-off singles for a while, for maybe one, a couple of years, possibly. Yeah. Um, which, which is good, you know, recording singles, it's, it, it sort of focuses the mind so you, you can whittle away at, you know, a song that you think's cool and you like and you like the vibe of it. But then you get to record it and you think, well... I don't really want to spend too much time on this because it's just not a single. You know, when you hear a single, sure, you know, yeah, you, you, yeah. You, even even if it's your own song, I think you can be objective enough to. Well, I can anyway to say that's not a single. No, no one wants to listen to that again and again. It's just not very exciting, or it's not. Uh, it's it's not going to connect with many people because it's it's too personal to me or whatever. Sure. Um, and so because I'm so limited in time, because you know I'm working full time and stuff. I just like to focus on like one song and tr- try to create one good song uh, rather than create a, 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 a body of work, which is quite an investment in terms of time and resources and stuff. So that's what I did for a while. And then lockdown came last year um, and I found that I had a bit more time to to to, re- to release uh, an EP again, which is a sure. three-track three track EP. Because I know, um, yeah, so you're, the structure of your discography is is very interesting and it's very it's a very kind of streamlined way of working as you have you got your so you got your initial ep which was 2005 and then you did the lambstail ep 
Yeah. And then you released a series of singles, which I really, really liked that because every few months I get a little bit of, get a little bit of Denison <laughs> in my life. And it's actually a really cool way of working. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun, like getting, you know, getting the notification, listening to the new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so the one that you were talking about where you recorded with the, um, <clears throat> with the, the, the producer and engineer, that was mm-hmm. the lamb's tail EP, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. It's very, very good. Um, it's actually got one of my favorite songs, uh, is center of everything. Yeah. I, oh, I love yeah. that one. I, I, it's, such a good song. It's great, right? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's, you know, one of my favorite things about it <clears throat> from listening it to the first time. Uh, and this is something that's in, I can't think of any songs right now that it's in, but there's a bunch. You have a, you have a beautiful, so the chords are great. It's very, it sounds very deep lyrically. But then after the first chorus, you have this, pia- or the second chorus, you have this piano part, mm. um, which is playing this beautiful riff. But there's like a, the second half of the piano riff, there's this anchor note. And I don't know what note it is, but I don't know who played that piano part, if it was you, Adam, or somebody else. But if you listen to it, it's got this like one note that's going all the way through and the chord is like moving around this note. It's mm-hmm. so nicely done. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anthony's a music teacher. He could explain it better than I could, but uh, it's what, a, it's a what really... What do they call that? Is that called a uh, suspended? Is that what they call that? I, I see... You're asking me. It's like I yeah. did. I did theory 15 years ago. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it could yeah. be. It could well be a sus. It wasn't me that played it because um, I'm nowhere near good enough on on the piano to 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 do that sort of riffing. But he's he's basically copying what I was doing on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a guy called Robin Hart. Really, he, he played uh, piano and and uh, keyboards on on the whole EP. He was just mm-hmm. brilliant. Really, really good. You know, yeah. um, he you'd basically just put him in the studio and give him an hour and he'd have the part and he'd be ready wow. to record it and he'd do it in like one take. He's a bit like a Paul O'Keefe in that sense. He was oh, a one take one. Well, you know. He was a one taker. Um, I've, been yeah. called, I've been called a one a one thrust wonder, never a one take one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he was uh, really, really good. And yeah, he, he all, all that, the, I think if you get a, if you give, the opportunity to someone who's a good musician to play on your record you just say this is the song hit play a part i'm I'm not going to tell you what to play you play what you you feel what you hear um because if you start trying to say no play it this way play that i think you're 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 going down a bit of a blind alley there and you're sort of trying to control too much what's happening on the record and so that's what basically what i said to him i just said you know here's the song i think maybe went to his house and he just sort of I, i'd play the song and he'd play along and he came up with that lovely lovely part and recorded it at, at gilbert's in fact that that piano that's his uh his bluthner grand piano oh lovely yeah all i've you- talked extensively about what you just said which is to to give some creative control to uh to who you're asking to play because and i think paul maybe i'm quoting you and how you said it but you're basically asking them, you're asking the person to put their spirit or self in your song. That's why you chose them by telling them what to play. You're, it's kind of like um, counterintuitive or you're canceling out that part of them. because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, you don't want me to play. You just want a guy or a gal. Yeah. You know what I mean, but sure. no, I want Paul or I want Adam on this track. 
and I'm going to let them create the part because mm-hmm. I trust them. And I think that's, I think you just get so, I think you get such a better um, piece of, of, I guess, what the puzzle of your song would be, I guess. You just, it's yeah. just, it's, it's way more, it means more. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And I think for the player, for the guy who who's playing, if he, if he thinks, if he's looking over his shoulder thinking, oh, is he going to like this? Is he not going to like this? He's not going to completely relax and, and, and go in, go where he wants to go with it because he's going to be sort of pulling himself back all the time or herself just thinking, oh, you know, oh, is he going to like it? Is he going to say this is shit and make me start again? So I think, uh, yeah, you definitely got to just, if, if, if you make the decision to get someone in to, to do something, let them do it and, you know, stay out of it, I think. Unless, unless they do something that you just think oh. yeah. but then then you question why you you made the decision to get them in in the first place you and know that's I mean? that's the thing isn't it adam it's and i'm sure anthony will agree that if you get if you hire a session musician to come in and play on your music and they're not playing something that you like that's actually on you for hiring them like you shouldn't yeah. be blaming them you because you you know if you buy a, a tin of paint and it goes on the wall and you don't like the color now even though you liked it in the store it's on you i mean you've made that decision to get it so yeah uh, it's very it's yeah. it's it's cool and refreshing to hear that and uh i think a lot of songwriters are like that but uh sometimes you come across people who are like they they'll hire somebody or they'll ask somebody to do something and then they'll be like no i want you to do it exactly like this so yeah. plus you're also getting you know, something that I've always wondered about humans is like, is orange, is what I see as orange the same as you see as orange? Like, again, I think that's a very interesting thing with, with session musicians and songwriting is you're getting that other person's pers- perspective. Like, you know, does, does it taste the same to that person as it does to me? Mm. And it's when you translate that onto music, you're basically saying to somebody, Here's my song. How do you see it? How do you feel it? How do you? That's that's a wonderful thing to to allow yeah. somebody to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Awesome. Have you guys? Um, I I don't write songs. I don't have. I don't write lyrics. I've never written a song like a full song like that. Mm. Um, I've helped write other people's complete other people's songs. So I don't really know what this is like, which is why I'm asking. In the beginning, is there a time before you learn what we were just talking about? This lesson of give away the control, trust the musician. Did you ever have a, like moments of being too precious with, with, uh, with creating the song or. Oh yeah. That's, that's a tricky one. So I, I don't think, so if I've written a song and I like the lyric and I like the chord sequence, so effectively the publishing, if I like the, you know, the bit that you find in the book, um, mm-hmm. you know, the chord book, if I like yeah. those bits, mm-hmm. you know, all the, all the other stuff on top that you put as part of the recording process, I think that is, I, I'm quite open to, to that sort of stuff. The, you know, the, the, the cherry on the top, you know, I, I'm quite happy with, people coming in and I might not necessarily like it when I first hear it but again it's one of those things I think as as soon as you like the sentiment or the 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 the, the lyric or the feeling that that it's giving you I, I don't think it matters too much what other people put on top it can only add to it basically is what I'm trying to say um unless it's a poorly performed part you know, or, you know, there's a buzz on the, whatever, there's, there's something that, that the execution of what they're trying to give 
to the yeah. song is 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 not worked somehow and then you just go back and do it again because that's sort of an objective thing it's not really what they're playing it's the way they played it so yeah, yeah so to me I, I don't think in answer to your question I, i'm not too precious with it really and the older i get the less precious i become even with the lyric now and if some if someone said to me oh, i don't like that rhyme it's just so it, it's so trite it's so cheesy change i'll, I'll change it because i'd probably agree um and I, i'm not too unless it was something that really meant a lot to me i i wouldn't you know I, I'm, I'm less fragile when it comes to people criticizing you know something i've done i think as i've got older yeah adam adam doesn't give a fuck anymore that's what it is right? <laughs> <Fresh out. laughs> i love it, <laughs> it, I love it. Record, yeah. like it must be really good to record and work with you yeah yeah you know exactly. I mean? I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty open you're open and and uh that's so cool because i i'm telling you i've i've experienced the exact opposite and really? it's not fun Me too yeah yeah i have to uh, i mean I, I i will say one of my enduring memories of working with with adam directly and anthony this answers your question is uh when we were wrapping up it was one of the last days of tracking in new orleans for blossom and i had the song called if you were here that was not finished yet lyrically um we had everything else, but we didn't. We hadn't finished the lyrics, and I don't know if you remember it the same way I do, Adam. But I was struggling. I've always struggled lyrically, and Adam sat down with me in the studio, and we finished writing the lyrics for that song. And I think it ended up being a very good and interesting song lyrically. Um, and that is that's what working with you. That's what my memory of working with you is, Adam. Very open, easy. Uh, collabor collaborative um you know i don't think i've ever i don't think i've ever seen you be precious about anything precious to the point of damaging to your music and uh, that's you know that that was a really cool collaborative experience for me because that was a co-write that was a complete 50 50 co-write that mm -hmm. if you were here lyrically it was it was really interesting to, to work like that you know with you it was it was cool yeah i do, I do remember that actually i think but that was that was an interesting whole experience that because there was such high pressure uh getting it all done in whatever it was 10 days a whole album mm -hmm. um and i do yeah sat in the in the in the live room and we just yeah we just ran through and i think it was ali's idea to sort of reference the the songs each song sure in the, in the actual song itself mm -hmm. uh you yeah. know song titles which is a really interesting idea and and those sorts of things when you're when it's working and you know, someone comes up with an idea like that, it just gets you, oh, yeah, God, oh, yeah, let's, it just gives you direction. Um, yeah. And it's, it doesn't always work like that. I mean, of course, we, we, we'd have had times where it's just a struggle and, you know, you, you, you just think the song's rubbish and you want to throw it away. So, you know, those sorts of times, you just got to take a step back and just say, we'll come back to it another day, leave it. Uh, sure. Don't try and, don't try and force those things because, you know, if, if they're not coming naturally, you know you, you it's a difficult balance because it, it's so easy to say oh it's not working forget it uh i'm you know I'll, I'll leave it that's the easiest thing to do the hardest thing to do is to finish it the finish the damn song you know and 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 get through that that hurdle get over that hurdle of mm -hmm. and, and it just throws you into doubt and you start doubting everything about it but just getting together and just saying right we got i think that was the good thing about that that recording process was that we we had a deadline and we had to get it done so 
even if you're not 100 percent happy just move on to the next line and you know or yeah. the, the chorus or whatever it's um, you got to keep the momentum going because you got yeah. five guys who are need their parts done and everything yeah you're totally right um that was that was a pressure cooker like 10 days uh, and six yeah. six days live tra- live tracking we were there for 10 days total uh, in august was, in new orleans yeah. <laughs> like, like, literally, places in the world yeah literally <laughs> the hairiest person in the world was with us as well uh, <laughs> matt, matt we've, we've spoken about this at length um <laughs> so bringing it back a little bit so first off the, the one thing that i am very very interested in hearing from you is uh, obviously we're here in the u.s myself and anthony um how obviously the pandemic very very large effect in the the world at large and um, how has it affected you guys there in jersey and is it still affecting you guys being able to perform or are you guys good to go now well um so let's rewind so it's sort of hit here um just after i come back from the us actually i did a little um tour with the family from nashville down to back to new orleans for mardi gras and back up again so i if i had come back like a week or two later i I could have potentially been stuck because i think trump closed the borders in around early march so it that was sort of that was quite lucky that we came back in time so once once it hit you know fully everything just stopped you know when it came to gigs it just that was it for maybe two months um and then i started playing regularly at a hotel uh doing sort of gypsy jazz um quartet so that started for around i think summertime it started again um and then i think like for matty you know places like chambers i think that's completely that hasn't done live music since around march of last year wow. um, and there's talk that they might not do it again and that's, where, where in chambers wow really so there's no, no live music at all um, that's crazy still so um me and matty played last night in a place called the square which is um not far from chambers there um but it's still it's more of a restaurant but they do have a bar but you've got to be sat down when you go in and so for me it's a it's a nicer experience because it's not how do i put this politely it's not like the 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 yobs that come in and just tell say play oasis or you know whatever it's it's people that are sat down having a meal potentially a bit more respectful of the musician than than you know 10 blokes walking in sat stood at the bar don't really care that there's a there's a musician playing in the background so in terms of that it's sort of a good thing in a way um but i think next month or later this month that might change so i think there's a there's talk of a the restrictions being lifted yeah but you know chambers might not open either which paul you know that that's one of the biggest venues here for live music and for that to not have any live music uh is a it's not a good sign um, well it's it's weird though because that venue in particular had just been renovated right so they yeah. were just getting back to to kind of ramping up everything and then like that is anthony that would be like um that would be like uh it's difficult to to have some sort of uh you know analogy for new jersey but let me think uh, uh yeah there's it's it's just such a small place and this was the venue this was like, like kind of like a Rockwood kind of like a Rockwood for original. If you're an original artist in New York city and Rockwood said, 
oh, we're not going to do gigs anymore. We're just going to do food or something, you know, oh, and yeah. cocktails. It would be like, because yeah, what you're saying, Adam, is they're not closing down, right? They're just not going to do music. No, they're just not going to do live music. Um, wow. So they're just going to have a, a, that's my understanding of it. Um, they're just going to have a DJ. Um, but hopefully if, if anyone from Randall's listens to the podcast, I, I, I'm just going by rumor here. I don't know anything about any plans, but it's, it's, I can say that they haven't had any live music for a long time. Yeah. Um, but the decision as to whether it's going to stop in the future, I don't know. Mm. But it'd be it'd be a, a big a big uh, loss, particularly for guys like Matty who who rely on that gig. Yes, uh, yeah. So we've referred to Matt quite a few times on the podcast so far. And Matt's a very close friend of ours, uh, Anthony, who also played in Susie's Field, but. Um, you guys are obviously working together now so hopefully hey if anybody from Randall's is listening to this podcast right now which I'm sure Adam with your uh, marketing genius uh, experience they will uh, because they're they're in Jersey Uh, you know like live music is is it live music is is that's what music is music is meant to be played and heard live Um, and if you don't have live music you're you're you know you the thing is, it's crazy because I find people are like, the same people will be like, oh, you know, I fancy going out to see a band tonight. Are the same people that stop having bands in their own venue. And like, they wonder why there's no bands around. They wonder why the music scene's so crap or whatever in mm-hmm. places. It's, uh, get your live music back, Chambers. Anthony, I'm sure you'll agree, right? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send Anthony over there. Yeah, yeah. that was oh, something I was thinking about today. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but... I- I'm I'm noticing I I don't know if I'm making this up and I'm just being a grumpy old bastard, but whether live music generally with the young younger people is, is on the decline and whether it, that or that's just not something you're seeing at all or is that something you think is is on the way or Mr. Frida take over. <laughs> all right. Well, my theory is is um I think that thi- like uh if if we're going to look at how we grew up as teenagers the spirit of music was attached to the personas that we would see on TV and in movies. So it was very easy to fall into like listening to a certain band or something and then dress a certain way because it looked like you can identify with a certain character. In a mo- now, it seems as though um, there's no product that, that people are following people who just have followers and do a dance on TikTok. <laughs> so in a way, it's sad. It's scary to think about that because they, they, va- they don't seem to value a live music experience. But I question whether or not, the, I question the quality of that live music experience or if they've even ever seen a, like a real one. And I don't know, music is way, just way too powerful. It's way, especially live in front of you. Um, and you know, when you get, when you, when you hear that magic and where you actually just, you physically feel that magic in front of you. I don't know if that's something you can ignore, uh, you know, when being, after being exposed to it. So I, I think, you know, we just got to keep fighting, uh, to, to get on stage. Like good, good musicians need to fight for stage time and just keep playing and play because play. Another thing we talk about is play because you love it. Try not to play for the money. Don't chase the money because you're gonna you're gonna find gigs you don't love playing. 
if you if you follow the money, right? So mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'm a little optimistic, but it's really it's in I feel like it's in the musicians, it's in our hands. What happens? In my yeah. it's that's just my opinion though. But uh and I don't even know if if I made sense what I was talking about with these with this younger generation. But uh <laughs> yeah, it's it's how fucking crazy is it to, to but to think like like we, we used to idolize an actor or an actress or a rock star, you know what I mean? Pop star. These people, they, they worship somebody with 9 million followers who, who, you know, who just has like a 10, a 30 second video on, on a TikTok or Instagram. It's wild to me. Yeah. It's wild. pretty wild. It's, yeah. I, I think, um, <clears throat> I think, I think young people nowadays, people that, are obviously younger than us. Um, I think they have more access now. Um, they have more access, so they've gained that. They have more access. Uh, musical instruments are cheaper. Uh, recording equipment is more uh, accessible and readily available. <clears throat> um, but they're they're suffering because of what what you're saying, Anthony. Uh, it's instant. It's a it's the age of instant gratification. Yeah. It's the age of you don't need to actually do anything. All you have to do is do something for 30 seconds that will distract people. <laughs> and, um, you know, like when, when one of the biggest, one of the most successful videos on the internet is a cat pretending to play the keyboard, uh, that's when you know that uh, we're in trouble. But, you know, and, and I think what it comes down to is I think you have to, you have to separate original music from just people going out and play, playing other people's songs. And right. I, think, I think that's where like original music and focusing on original music is where the future is. And that's, that's something that cannot be ignored is good songwriting and good creation, good art, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And so, yeah. So what, what, what I'm getting from it as well is, you know, there's a big fight for attention because I, I read a stat the other day on Spotify or something that, there's something like something ridiculous, like 40,000 songs uploaded to Spotify every day. I mean, that is just absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, where, so it's so easy nowadays to record the songs and get them out there to the world. You know, they're accessible via the streaming platforms quite easily. But so, so you're fighting for the attention to get people to listen to it. But what happened to the, the guys, you know, I think Dave Grohl's done a, 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 a film about it the guys that rehearse in the garage and just you know try and get really good at their instruments and then go out on the road and just do gig after gig like a bit like we did paulie gig after gig and trying to get noticed that way yeah rather than you know the social media uh, platform which is contrived in itself because you're, you're sharing pieces of uh, of yourself um and, and trying to look a certain way or whatever and, and doing videos and 30 second clips and you get influencers and you're sure. just trying to get followers and likes and clicks and whatever. What do you reckon this, that there is still uh, an appetite for that in the, with the younger guys to just learn their instruments, go out and play gigs or are the gigs simply drying up that they just think it's easier to do it from their bedroom via a streaming platform. I, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, where, where that's going to end what up. Do you, what do you think about that, Anthony? coming from the point of view of somebody that teaches young musicians. It's all about exposure. I have, a, I had a, a drum student that came in um, and was very pretty proficient. And cause he was listening to the beach boys and 
and watching videos and picking up just by by looking, just by watching and listening. Mm -hmm. And he loves the Beach Boys, but that's one of those things where it, it doesn't mean he never heard anything any, anything else. He just when he saw and heard the Beach Boys music, yeah. something lit him up in his brain like, oh, I love this. They sat him down behind a kit. It's and then there we go. And then eventually he's the Beatles. And we're learning um come together. And he's like, oh my God, I could play this. So it's about it's really about exposure. Mm -hmm. Um and to you have to ignore, you know what? A big problem is ageism, I think. I think ageism plays a part in this. So like okay. why why would there like you know the thing of why would I listen to the my older the older generation's music? This is my generation's music. So there's an ownership. You know, but it shouldn't be like it really shouldn't be like that at all. It should be I, I maybe the is there a thing do the Irish have songs that all generations know? Yeah, I mean we have uh you have your classic songs that you know you and they're all <laughs> funnily enough um myself and anthony uh, adam met through playing uh, in a wedding band and in our Ar in ireland um and i was speaking to a, a couple of years ago i was back in ireland speaking to a guy who has now a very successful wedding band in ireland and uh he said uh he said in his Cork accent, he said, you know, it's a great thing, man. It's great because the wedding, the wedding set list in Ireland never changes because all of the generations know these songs. You know, I mean, I weekly, I listen to ABBA. Oh. Weekly, I yes. listen to ABBA. I listen to at least 10 ABBA songs a week. I listen to at least five Neil Diamond songs a week because... That's what I listened to growing up, and that's stayed with me. And that's, it's not just music to me. It's, it's the music that my family gave me and the music that my, uh, my aunts and my dad and my grandparents gave me. Um, and I love it. And, you know, I think that that is something, I think younger people rebel against that more. You know, I mean, I was, I was talking to somebody at work a few, a few months back who said, he said, oh, I was listening to a song the other day. It was like an old band, an older band. And I'm like, oh, I was like thinking, oh, what did it go like? Was it like a good time? They're like, yeah, I kind of went like this. I was like, oh, that sounds like like Led Zeppelin. Or like, no, no, it's an, it's an old band. I'm like, was it like The Who? You know, I thought it might have been Bob O'Reilly. Like they were like, no, it's got a great keyboard part in it, but it's like an old man band. Uh-oh. <laughs> it, was, it was fucking Muse. It was Muse, guys. <laughs> Like this 22-year-old uh, employee was like, uh, it was uh, like Muse is an old guy band now. And it's, uh, so I think there's, there's, we're, we're missing that a little bit. But I think, I think if we get that back, because it's all about legacy and inspiration for me, I think, I think, you know, there are great young artists nowadays. Um, I think, I think a lot of the, especially in the U.S., a lot of the, uh, the, 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 better artists if you ask me are coming from immigrant communities so we have that a lot more um, yeah. here than you guys do in, in, in old jersey and um, but i think it's about your, anthony is 100 percent right the word that i was thinking and you said it in your first sentence is exposure it's all about exposure and immersion and mm -hmm. uh, i think if we get that back listening to records when they come out just sitting down and listening to it yeah. Listening to the radio, yep. uh, being inspired by the people that went before you is, uh, you know, 
And but the thing about it is that, like, they weren't the people that went before us. All three of us, the people of the similar age, they weren't assholes. You know, all these artists are assholes now. I mean, you know, we had we had real leaders to follow. You know, we had That's a good point. Yeah, we had people mm. like Freddie Mercury and mm. you know uh, Dave Grohl and you know all like Eddie Vedder. We we had these guys to look up to. The people after us had what Liam Gallagher. I mean, what's Liam Gallagher gonna act in? inspire anybody to do <laughs> you know <laughs> eat chips and you know fucking make my own tea now <laughs> have you seen that video Ant, where he's making our uh, adam where he's making his own tea <laughs> yeah oh, man you got a youtube it's classic it's Ant, one of anthony's favorite videos yeah we sound like you sound a lad used to do this for us now we got to do it ourselves <laughs> adam speaking of like exposure at a young age i was going to ask you like what what music lit a fire for you to pretty much you know start the path that you're on and still continuing now um so that would yeah sort of a mixture so i started playing around 13 i think my dad got me a guitar an electric guitar really terrible les paul copy uh, with like plastic pickup it was just it was really bad but he also had a guitar and acoustic in the house so i remember getting songs of freedom by bob marley his uh like compilation book you know the the, the chord book and so i those songs i mean i used to listen to bob marley a lot when i was a kid uh a kid i say you know a teenager um and that sort of that got me into i think songwriting and i <laughs> just uh that that got me inspired and to, to learn how to play the instrument initially you know i just used to know that book and i used to go from songs through the songs in that songs of freedom chord book until i knew them all um and then i do remember having the nirvana albums the early albums uh was it called bleach or bleach, yeah. i think the one one before never mind uh and then never mind so i've used to listen to that on a i remember going to a being on a a minibus going to a football match uh to, i was playing football and having it in my earphones and we were sharing it listening to it and it was just like this what is this stuff it's amazing it's yeah. so energetic you know uh and that sort of gave me the my electric side of things sort of kicked off from f from nirvana basically i think and then I, I sort of hung around with guys that that weren't really into mainstream pop music at the time. So you made interesting. You mentioned one of the Gallagher brothers there. I was never really a big Oasis fan, I must say, uh, or, or Blur. I wasn't really a pop music fan in the nineties when I was growing up. So interesting. You said exposure before. So my exposure was, I was always looking back. So I was listening to the doors, velvet underground, uh, the jam, and uh, the kinks, the Beatles, those sorts of bands. Um, and so maybe that, I think it was just the, the, the click that I was in. So I, I was in a band at school as well. And I was like, I think the first band I was in, I was, I was, must've been about 14 or 15. And we used to do Velvet Underground. And I think we used to do the end as well. Like like we did in Seasies, I think for a while. Um, and it, it went down terribly when we did it, when I was a teenager, you know, cause people were like, what, what's this? Why aren't you playing Oasis? Or why aren't you doing this or that? Um, because we just weren't into it. Um, yeah. And perhaps that, that exposure just once you start looking back you you, you keep on looking back and you keep right. finding these lovely nuggets um and it's not always the right thing to try and stay contemporary i think you do have to dabble in and at least listen to some of the stuff that comes out 
of, of now because there, there is some good stuff it's not all bad i mean it's, it's impossible for it to all be bad um but it's it's really important i think if, if there's any you know young musicians listening out there to, to look back um particularly in the early stages to see how these guys did it before before you can sort of look forward and take it where you want to take it you know yeah <clears throat> yeah there's a particular song that i wanted to ask you about and it's a song that myself and anthony were talking about before you came on uh, it's called Greystone walls man oh yeah oh wow right wow it's a it's such a good song amazing it, yeah it's one of those it's it's a song it, it has like a vibe of like um it's not just a, a it's not just a singer songwriter song it's a masterpiece when i listen to it i'm like holy shit it's yeah. so deep there's so and there's i don't know enough about it but i know that there's so much behind the lyrics and i can hear even in the arrangement of of the, of the song there's a lot of there's something deep to that Well, let me uh, sort of cast my mind back on that one. So that's, yeah, that's from the first EP. So I recorded that with, with you guys were on that one, I think, weren't you, doing the, the BVs? That's right. So I seem to remember, I recorded that all at home on an, an early sort of version of a of a hard disc recorder that Frank Torsney lent me. Sure. Um, and I think it was an eight-track thing. So I seem to remember that you the three of you guys sang it together didn't you into one microphone mm -hmm. i might be wrong there but I, I have memories of that and in terms of the theme of the song so yeah sorry let me get back to the song itself not the circumstances around the recording of it um so that came from a there was a story in a newspaper i think that i, I was reading and it was about an old guy who um lived alone in, in england somewhere i think it was and he he was so terrorized by kids who thought he was just, you know, throwing, putting stuff for his letterbox. Just uh, whenever he'd come out of the house, there used to be people shouting at him just because he was a recluse. There was clearly rumors about him as to wh whatever he was or wasn't. Um, right. And he basically killed himself um, oh because God. he just couldn't take the strain of, uh, of just people judging all the time for absolutely no reason. All he wanted to do was just, live in his house and live a normal life but because he perhaps wasn't socially um you know gifted or, or didn't want to didn't want to engage with anyone he was immediately there was suspicion surrounding him um and you know he, he just got all this hatred directed at him and i just thought it was just such a tragic story and i couldn't believe it wow. and so that was where that came from and it, it's 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 strange sometimes how 
a song just from a, a story you happen to read from picking up a newspaper, mm-hmm. you know, gets recorded uh, and, and, and goes on to an album that you did 15 years ago and you'd forgotten about it. It's just the first time I've ever thought wow. about that. But yeah, yeah, it was it was from a story I read in a newspaper in, in summary, that, that song. Wow, man. That's crazy. I mean, that's, that's the part of music or creating music. I, I, it's hard for me to, I don't know how you do that, how do you, how you take a story. And then, and then just start forming. And then what comes first? Is it a melody? Is it, is it, is it an idea of, of, of a, of a phrase or something like that? Does it change? Yeah. So that would, uh, in that instance, it's probably, it's always music first for me. Uh, It's always vibe, you know, Um, I'll I'll start at the time I was playing a lot of acoustic guitar. So it would have been, I was in a sort of Nick Drake mindset. Uh, and so it was, it was strummy acoustic guitars, um, and the 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 three four time gave it the the waltz, you know, thing mm-hmm. waltz name. Yeah. And then uh, Greystone, it, it, I don't even think that was his that was his name, the guy's name. I, I don't know where Greystone came from. Um, it was just one of those things that you make up. Sure, it's quite easy to do with names and stuff. But um, yeah, I I think for me, it's always a a, a sound or a a sequence or it was probably just that boom that's just where i went with it and it just came from there and then i i always hear harmonies i, I just can't leave it alone with the harmonies you know I, I don't think i've ever written a song and recorded a song that just has me singing one vocal line right there yeah. has to be more there has to be others i either double yeah. it or there's an underlying harmony or on that one i just went for it and i said come on boys let's just throw some let's big harmonies it. on this one yeah yeah it was good it was fun i remember recording it and uh i did i that's i i am completely this is i'm just hearing about what it was about now so it just yeah. makes i'm gonna go right after them i mean i think we should at this stage boom you're listening to graystone yeah, waltz right now yeah we'll pop it in so that people can hear what it's such a it's it's one of those songs that has such an atmosphere to it and such a, a melancholy to it and such a it's it really does uh communicate and now that now that I know what it was about, it's it's man, it's that's very moving and very that's exactly the type of thing that we like to talk about on this podcast because <laughs> it's it's really like very elemental and you know, it's cool. It's very cool. Yeah, cool. Great subject matter. Yeah, and nice. then on that same EP you also had a song called Molly, uh, which is not about <laughs> drugs, <laughs> guys. I don't know if you guys call it Molly. I guess it's, is it ecstasy, Anthony? I don't know. It's, uh, it's a form of it, apparently. Okay. So do we, they call ecstasy Molly here, uh, Adam. Okay. Uh, it's not about those things. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I'm correct, and I'm going to need this explained to me because I, I've, I've, li- I've given various people listen to this song. It's a, Based on a character from Animal Farm, that's it. Yep. Okay. Right. So, so yes, it's yeah. a horse, a horse in Animal Farm, um, who the the horse was the character was quite vain. I seem to remember, mm-hmm. um, and all well, that whole book was just an allegory about. I think it was basically the Russian rail communism in general, but mm-hmm. that sort of that was his outlook on it. But each animal sort of represented i think something or a a, a type of people type of person or a, a, a part of society sure um 
so I'm, I'm not sure and i don't know why i was uh, it's just one of those things where you know why the hell am i writing this song about a horse <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a book that i read it father, uh, father, if, father, if it's good enough for father ted it's good enough for you uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting that the, yeah, the two songs you picked on are both from stories or for, you know one a real life story and one a one a book. But it, that just sort of came together really nicely the way because you're you're sort of standing on the shoulders of giants. There you're working sure. from from things that have already been written in a book. Mm-hmm. So you, you you're just developing it. So it's it's really a sort of fertile ground there. You know, sure. For, Mm-hmm. For, for writing because you you're not just plucking stuff out of thin air you know you're not plucking feelings you're really yeah. you're you're writing about something that that's there uh, and is real so yeah yeah and and that was just started from me messing about uh, with that sort of the picking thing mm-hmm. where i'm sort of double double hitting the d string with my mm-hmm. thumb and then my f- fingers so yeah two string t- two fingers are hitting the so the index finger and middle finger are hitting the D string and G string at the same time. Okay. And then in, in between you hit the D string with the, with the thumb. And so that, that sort of weird, uh, again, it's a sort of throwback to Nick Drake sort of uh, right finger style acoustic guitar vibe. Sure. And I, I'd have just been playing that for hours, just thinking about melodies and stuff. And then yeah. I'd have read the book or I don't know why, I must have been reading the book at the time. I can't think mm-hmm. why that suddenly come up. And then, you know, you just, you get that theme and just bang away you go. Yeah. Um, you just got loads to work and then you just hit that G for the chorus. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it just really, it came pretty quickly. In fact, I think the lyrics and the, the whole song. So here's, here's what you did. Basically you, in a EP containing four tracks, you wrote two completely different songs, one based on, a very, very real situation in, in like a, somebody's life in the news. And then you wrote a song about basically that was inspired by another piece of art and why not? Hmm. Uh, that shows a lot of range and that shows that you're not afraid to, there's no subject that you're afraid to write about. And I think that's, that's why you're such a good songwriter to me. That's why you're such a, like list. I was listening to your songs today, preparing for the podcast and, uh, it shows so much range and you know it's a very very cool it's a very cool thing that was your first cp and it's 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 quite americana and and, and mm-hmm. like it's folk influenced um but like it's just some of the stuff on there is haunting and now it's more haunting because you know we know what it's mm-hmm. about and it's uh, it's incredible um has your I mean, obviously the technology has changed a lot since then has your process for songwriting changed or is it just whatever, whatever, is it a song by song basis? It's a different, different process for each song. I, th- I think 
yeah to, to give an honest answer i think it has changed um previously you so for instance for that record i would have known how to play the songs and be able to play them through um before recording them mm-hmm. whereas now i generally like to work in logic from the get-go mm-hmm. and you know have a loop going uh and just sort of arrange it on the fly um so that's the way the, the process has changed for me because it's so it's so easy and it's i don't know if it's lazy or not it's just adapting to the technology that's mm-hmm. available now where you're working on the screen all the time and you can just cut that out you can you can tune that post you don't have to get it right sure uh, mm-hmm. on the take um you you know with with drums and stuff so i don't have to work with other musicians but i i I don't that's that's something that i don't like at the moment i'm pretty much doing everything myself and i miss the fact that it used to be i'd play the song to other people in a room and we'd all hear the song and put our own little bit on it and you know that there'll be live drums i haven't worked with live drums since that um the lamb's tail ep Wow. All, all the other it's all been processed drums um wow. which is easy um uh, because it's on logic you've got that drummer thing that i've used or you i've got electronic drums or mm-hmm. whatever but it, you you there's no human human element to it and mm-hmm. uh that's what i miss so that's so, don't has that's programmed drums yeah yeah so it's it's the drummer uh thing i mean it the sounds drummer, real app it does it yeah, does sounds so fucking real wow. it does good sounds really really good but it's just not quite the same and just for me recording live drums it's impossible in this room mm-hmm. um and to to record them properly and get them done and mixed right it's, it's difficult it's hard um particularly if you're not going to add any sort of outside samples or anything if you want to get really good drum sound so, drums sounding really good you need to go to a studio and get a the professionals involved which is at a cost um and you know streaming you're not going to make any money out of this so you, you're, you're trying to limit your costs um so unfortunately that was one of the things that i had to sacrifice so yeah. in terms of my process yeah I, i'm much less prepared i suppose the songs are less prepared before they're recorded and they're almost recorded at the same time as sometimes i think even for that don't for instance you you raised earlier i think the lyrics i I had the track and i just used to top line they call it i think nowadays where you just sing along a melody Mm -hmm. and when the melody comes in you you play it back and you think oh i like that little sample oh i like that little bit that i was just doing there you just like going blah 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 yeah just looking looking for melodies sure um and then coming back and then attaching the lyrics to them afterwards and it's 
it sounds like I'm sort of letting the, you know, giving an insight into it, like a musician's, a magician's sort of thing where you're revealing the trick. But mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people do nowadays that you get, I think some people are um, professional top liners. They'll, they'll get a beat prepared or a, a track prepared and these guys will come in and just sing over the top nonsense yeah. lyrics. But like, or sometimes they'll come out with lyrics, but it'll generally be melodies. So I suppose that's the way I'm adapting my, process um although i mean i think I'm, I'm contradicting myself here but the latest ep the one that's the the home life ep that was pretty much i recorded them at the piano uh sorry wrote them at the piano and so they were finished songs before i recorded them so right. apart from those three the other singles mm-hmm. are generally you know patchwork put together in logic mm-hmm. um whereas the, the home life one is more organic more traditional if you like um yeah or, you know the, the way i goes. used to work it sounds exactly yeah that song comes and goes i kind of that was the idea i got from it, it sounds i mean it sounds great chasing it down when it comes and goes it comes and goes the twos and froze the twos and froze the things you know And obviously, uh, home life as well. You got a guest vocalist at the start of the song "Home Life." Uh, <laughs> I can, I could, he- I could hear uh, hearing a good set of lungs already. Uh, yeah. Tell us, tell us who that was. <laughs> that was Teddy, my my son. Uh, yeah. So that was yeah. <laughs> That was a year ago when he was, I don't know what he was moaning about, um, <laughs> but yeah, he wasn't happy about something. Yeah. Um, and I, in fact, he features on, he features on another song. I can't remember. He features on one of the singles. Let me get my singles up here. Is it, is it the start of Wistful? Is that Teddy too? That, in, in fact, that's Because that was, that was before. Yeah, because Teddy was Exactly, that was before yeah. he existed. It would impressive. So, yeah, yeah. yeah he, it was... Um, I can't remember what it was. So yeah, I, I went through a phase of just getting weird little samples to start my songs, uh, right. and mi- that so that was Millie on Wistful at the start. Okay, and then uh, I don't know which, which was the other one that Teddy. F- oh, single number seven is him on the cover art. Right, uh, I think he might f- feature on there somewhere. So is he um, is he already hitting you up for uh, performance and royalty checks there? Uh, <laughs> 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 it was I great. I'll wait for that it, one. It's great. I mean, it's it's uh, it's great that you um, you're at a stage in your life where you're inviting that into your music and you're sharing it with people, and the the artwork is very um, it's very positive and very you know and. Uh, we've all experienced this at various times of our life that you weren't, you weren't always there. Like you weren't always in that pause. Like none of us are always hundred percent in that, that headspace. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's good to, it's really nice to listen to this music, having known you for as long as I've known you, 
having seen the things that you've gone through, the things that we've gone through together. And uh, it's, it's a very cool kind of positive. It's a really, it's got a really heartwarming, happy ending, which is, which is kind of nice, you know, yeah. uh, it's like you're the guy that we destroyed a bollard in, in Paris with. And, you know, we've been through, <laughs> we've been through a lot of, uh, Anthony knows that story and um, been through a lot together. So it's, it's, it's very cool to, to hear the culmination of your life come out in, in music. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I think so. yeah, if if you're gonna sh- if you're gonna share your your art, your music with with the world, mm-hmm. I'd, to me, I I don't mind sort of sharing my son. You know, there's a little snippet of me and Gemma talking about Teddy. We didn't know why he was crying, but I don't mind sharing that because you know I'm sharing more, way more than that in the lyrics mm-hmm. to, to some of the songs than just me chatting at home or whatever or putting sure. a picture of my son on the artwork i mean it's it's i don't need to be coy about this uh, i can share pretty much anything with with whoever wants to listen i'm not uh yeah i'm not trying to hide anything that's so cool one day he's gonna be like see this that's my <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be playing it for all the girls at school you know that's me singing in the background there. that's awesome <laughs> yeah adam i gotta compliment uh your guitar playing because as a drummer, I you know I, I'm always looking I'm always looking for a pocket or a groove, and, and it's kind of a curse. I'm always looking for a groove to settle into when I listen to music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it I think it was um, Molly. Uh, um, I, you know, pretty much every song I heard from you that had a finger picking guitar. Um, dude, your rhythm, man, your rhythm is smooth, man. What a pocket! And I always love. I always love that if if because as a drummer you I always want to serve the song when mm-hmm. I, when uh when somebody is playing a guitar and then accompanying themselves singing with the guitar and the rhythm is so good I almost feel like I don't need to touch this mm-hmm. and I, I think that's 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 something I always look for when I when I'm in a vibe of like you know I can I can go for something more easy listening deeper today so yeah man that that hit the spot cool nice one thank you yeah. yeah. Um, and it's talking about rhythmic playing. I I, I don't really. I, me and Matt play. I play acoustic guitar generally now when we do the gigs. I only do really do two piece gigs with Matt, but I also play bass now. That's pretty much my first, my predominant instrument at the moment, and has been for the last four or five years. So I, I really enjoy playing bass now. I never used to play it very much because why would you when Paul's around? Um, but I, I'm starting to get into it a lot more, and and you know. I'm into the rhythmic side of things, so it's yeah. You have to have a good. It's all about getting a good rapport with the with the drummer when when you're in that live scene. Which I'm, I'm playing every Friday now at the Savoy um, as on the electric bass because I'm not good enough yet on, on the double bass to play play live. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's really good and, and important for me to get in with the drummers now and really get get locked in with them and as people as well as uh, you know as players. Yeah, I, I've always found your guitar playing even to be very percussive, you know. Uh, we were talking about the the uh, James Brown biopic where he says every instrument is drums. And I've always found on, even on acoustic guitar and whatever you're playing, like uh, one, of the, one of the great examples for me is the riff at the beginning of uh, Wistful. It's very rhythmic. It's very, it's it's creating a kind of rhythm of it on on its own. Even though the like the drums are very kind of fifties, like 
you know, it's really cool. Yes. That guitar is is creating a rhythm of its own, and uh, some of the other examples. I mean, even on Susie's Field stuff, uh, on Ghosts, very rhythmic guitar playing, very glue, yes. very pocket. So uh, you know, it's it's good. It's it's you got very, you know, I think you know, and I think Anthony agrees that you got very rhythmic sensibilities. Where a lot of guitar players will just strum away. You know, you're in there in the pocket and you're creating more rhythm. And that's, that's what I think makes the, especially your electric playing, really pop a lot of the time. It's cool. Yeah, I think that might have come more from the Susie's days, trying to fit in when you're playing with two guitarists. You've got mm -hmm. to sort of, you, you, you've got to feed off each other and you've got to give each other space. And so it, you can quite easily, but you also want to give to the song. So you can quite easily just be what is the traditional lead singer, just strum along. Mm -hmm. uh, and and just you know you're not in the mix you know just be really low in the mix <laughs> you're not in the mix <laughs> you're not in the mix how about playing <laughs> doesn't it matter you're not in the mix <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah you'd be that sort of guitarist but because we were sw swapping vocals mm. you, you and and well and also the covered songs we were playing we also had to find parts didn't we to, to sure. adapt to yeah. songs that didn't na naturally have two guitars in them so I think that's maybe where that sort of rhythmic playing came you know came from you know yeah. why why my guitar electric guitar playing is quite is more rhythmic than it is you know leady or strummy or you know yeah i did a gig way. a couple of weeks ago three weeks ago maybe and it was the first gig in a long long time where i played with two guitar players it's been years uh, it, i don't know it's just uh in in everything i've done here so far like a lot of the work i do even now is no guitar player just a piano player and a drummer um but uh, it is, it's very difficult to, it must be very difficult as a, in a two guitar player setting to, 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 I mean, it's easy for myself and Anthony, you're always, you know, unless you're in chicory or something, you're always going to just have one drummer, one bass player, you know, um, it's easy, but as a guitar player, like just finding those spaces and then, and the guitar player that you're trying to to fit in around uh in Susie's field was Ali who was a very very rhythmic guitar player very you know full sounding you know a lot of heavier sounds so it was it was interesting but uh you know your your parts were always super appropriate and uh you know it was it was always throw it up in the mix and it was easy you know yeah um, exactly cool. so as a music fan and I, we've started asking people this. You're also a movie fan. Uh, so, Anthony, I'm going to let you into a little uh, bit of uh, Adam Marshall trivia here. This guy is a bit of a James Bond buff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so I got to ask you something. Uh, I don't think there's a single movie franchise in history where it couples the movie with music because... Of course, at the beginning of every Bond movie, there is a Bond song. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire, and I want to answer, Adam. What's your number one Bond song? Oh, wow. Wow. That is, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a more of a sucker for the older ones, so where am I going to go with this? I do like... Um, Tom Jones is Thunderball. Okay. Uh, underrated. And I also do like From Russia With Love. Um, so I'd probably, yeah, 
this they're quite croon, croony aren't they the earlier ones whereas they got went quite modern I'm, I'm it may be more of an insight actually to ones to find the ones i dislike i wasn't a big fan of the madonna one was that die another day i think she did oh yeah oh, yeah. Um, yeah that movie was Mm. Nah. Yeah, I think I think the franchise <laughs> kind of lost its way towards the end of Brosnan's role. Yeah. Um It was too handsome, and, that's what it is. Well, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> same, same with same with Roger Moore. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. it lost its way towards the end. I mean, the guy was like nearly 70 or something, wasn't he? And he was trying to ogle <laughs> the <laughs> these <laughs> young, yeah, yeah, ogle the young ladies yeah. and, and fight these other guys. Yeah. And it just sort of mm, it yeah, didn't work yet. Yeah, and it, there was too many sort of looks to the camera and eyebrows, and you know, it just got a bit silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that I wasn't prepared for that question. That's an, that's a really interesting question. Um, so who who've we done the late the later ones? Uh, Adele did one, didn't she? She did. Sam Smith did uh, one. Yeah. Sam Smith. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you buy some time here. I'm gonna tell you what my favorite is, and okay. yeah, yeah. it's always a toss up between two. Uh, and I always get yelled at. I get yelled at for saying this uh, all the time. So it used to be Live and Let Die, um, yeah, which is a great song. Yeah. But the Chris Cornell one, is the to me, is the best. It's such... Uh, oh, yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, but uh, Was it you, Casino Royale? Casino yes, Royale was the movie. I think it was. Or you, You'll Know My Name or something like that was the name of the yeah. song. But uh, what a great... Like the strings, dee, 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 dee. the yeah, sound of his right, voice. Uh, what a great song! Great, great yeah. track. And my least favorite was the Jack White Alicia Keys. That was ter- that was terrible. Oh uh, yeah, bad movie, bad yeah, song. Yeah. What was that, that Quantum, was, yeah. Quantum of Solace? That's right. Yes, I yeah, think yeah. it was. Which was apparently the first ever uh, Bond sequel, but it didn't. Oh, it, it went right from the Casino right. Royale movie yes. to that one, right? Yeah. I feel like yeah. all the Daniel Craig ones are a little sequential. A little, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they are quite question. serious. If you, since you know, uh, you know, and you 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 like the older Bond movies, because I've watched them, and here in the states, it would be every Thanksgiving, it would be mm-hmm. a marathon, and I would always watch them. So, I re- and you know, and you're like, oh, who are all the Bonds? And Roger Moore, Sean Connery. Uh, there was this guy, you know, Timothy Dalton, who maybe was in two of the movies, mm-hmm. and. I had like a DVD box set when I was a teenager and I was just watching one after the other. So I put this one in. I don't remember the movie, but it doesn't even matter what movie it is. I wonder if you've seen it where it's the beginning of the movie starts with him, Bond, and and the guy Felix, who's the CIA guy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they just... <laughs> I'm not making this shit up. I didn't do drugs in high school. So... Um, <laughs> Him and Felix are like tuxed out sort of, but they're like on a tropical island. They just got married to this woman who's in like a tropical looking wedding dress. They both married her. It was the weirdest fucking thing. They're both like, he's kissing her and then the other guy's kissing her. And then I think what happened was she dies or something or maybe something like that. And that sets the tone for, but do you, do you remember this? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think that is it. Living no license to kill, maybe. Um, it's the one sort of the set in. Is it not in Florida somewhere? Mm. Uh, and doesn't he Felix Leiter? I think uh, the day after that wedding, doesn't he get eaten by a shark, or they put him in a shark pool or something weird? But they, <laughs> yeah, they they he, 
Dalton was way too friendly if that was his wife, if that was Felix Leiter's wife. Right. But if it wasn't his wife and there was just some sort of bigamy going on there, that's, yeah, I'll have to relook at that one. It was because, weird, uh, it, it, it didn't jump out at me at the time. I need to, I need to check that one out. Yeah. I was thinking yes. Anthony accidentally went to uh, Pornhub instead of Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> license to. And yeah, license to do whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> it's 2021. <laughs> All right, Adam, you've had, you've had plenty of time. I want an answer. Favorite Bond song. Do it. From Russia with love. Okay. Okay. That's good. Love that's that one. That's cool. Let's go with that one. And that was, but, yeah, you know, was I was going to say it was, it's uh it's a crooner. I just wanna Was it uh your man, the uh the Italian, the American Italian guy? Bennett, Tony Bennett? No, it wasn't. It was uh Matt Monroe. Matt Monroe, you said? Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure right. it was Matt Monroe. Uh, yeah, he's an old crooner guy. Yeah. Matt Monroe, yeah, from Russia yeah, as well. Okay. So that's interesting. So, how much of an influence was, how much of an influence was jazz on you? Because you you mentioned that you do gy- gypsy jazz uh, gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, how immersed in in jazz are you, and and how much how much do you get to play these days? So yeah, um, gypsy jazz is we we don't do that so much anymore. We did it for a, a period last okay. summer. Now I'm just playing in a, in a quintet. So your trumpet, saxophone. In fact, no guitar, which is weird. The first band I've been in with no guitars at all, apart from a bass guitar, obviously. Um, so yeah, that was th- that's a different thing. So I play there every week, um, and so I'm learning the double bass. But I'm, that's pretty much takes up all my practice time. Basically, is learning because you know it's jazz. You 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 can spend your whole life learning about that stuff, and you'll never know everything. It's the same, same as any type of music, I suppose. But you do have to have a certain level of knowledge. You can't just turn up at a jazz gig, never played jazz before, and you know do the gig. Basically, you you need to know the bass is probably one of the easier, perhaps with drums as well. You you can jump in with not as much background knowledge. Um, I, I've sort of dabbled with jazz ever since I was a teenager, really. But it's really involved, and but and so when I started getting into pop and rock music i sort of you know it was just in the back of my mind i didn't really focus on it at all mm. um whereas now it's it's like 50 50 between the pop gigs i do with matty and the jazz gigs i do every week and we're doing some functions i think in the summer mm-hmm. um and so yeah it's it's hard <laughs> basically yeah. yeah it's it's really hard a lot yeah. of it um, yeah. And you, you you've got to put the hours in. You've got to practice, or, or you're you're just going to get nowhere. Um, but there's so much, so many resources now to 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 help you in that regard. You know, like with YouTube, I spend most of my day on YouTube, looking at just not so much. I mean, this is a a, a tip that I I think I'd give to any musician. Like I'll probably give it to my son when he's old enough if he wants to start learning an instrument. You you can get the best teacher in the world and you know parents tend to tend, tend to want to send their children to lessons and say you know, you've got to go to a lesson to learn i don't i'd sort of disagree i think there's a few things you need to know in terms of technique um particularly for, i can only speak for myself for guitar but you've just got to do the hours yourself you, you a, a teacher can't 
can't make you practice you're not going to get anywhere unless you practice and i know you paulie spent years when you were younger you know listening to the radio and just playing bass and just playing bass and just playing bass and playing it again um and that's what you've got to do and and it's interesting for for me at a later time in my life to learn a new instrument like the double bass and realizing you know it's not necessarily you don't need lessons you just need to practice loads um and yeah. you're not going to get better very quickly it's, it's you've got to look at it in months perhaps years mm-hmm. not oh i'm not get very good and i've been doing it for six weeks so i'm going to give it up it's just way longer than that you know try six six years and you might be a good or at least six months you know practicing every day and you might get to a certain level mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that's a really important thing that i've learned and i've i've sort of experienced in the last you know i've only been playing it six months um so I, i'm nowhere near good enough to gig it yet but I, I i will be i think within another six months um, but that's playing every day and you just got, there's no, there's no substitute for that. You just got to put the hours in, mm-hmm. you know, improve. Yeah. Constant listening too, to, yeah. you know, and imitation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I think the, and I think the best, the musicians that learn the fastest are really good listen listeners. I think, mm-hmm. um, that's cool though. That's cool that you're, that you're taking on so different than than writing songs so different yeah. it's just a completely different animal it's yeah. it's, it's cool that you're doing it at this age as well you're 41 at yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's very because so many musicians just be like you know no i've i've learned all i need to learn it's your it's growth you're growing you're still growing as a musician and you're still realizing here's a new staircase to climb and it's uh and it is speaking as a bass player that's dabbled in 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 double bass and I, I know you remember my toothpick that i used to have yeah. i did a little yeah. bit um it's it is a different instrument i mean you could be a you could be a very profi- proficient electric bass player and as soon as you get on the upright it's very it's a very physical the physicality of it is different the mm-hmm. timbre is different the uh you know the way you got to approach and then of course you're talking about you're learning it in the context of jazz which is i mean the most complex I think the most complex form of music that you can come across and it's uh yeah sure yeah it's great i mean you must be enjoying it right you must be yeah absolutely absolutely i mean it's um i think the reason that i've gone for it is because it's i have so many transferable skills you know it's not as if uh i don't play any other instruments and i'm just learning double bass as my first instrument i mm-hmm. think you, you can definitely trans bring a load over from the electric bass and a load over from the guitar mm-hmm. um, but it's still very different there's a technique that you need to learn there's no shortcuts to that Absolutely. But you, it's, it's not like starting from scratch I think that's the reason I've gone for it is because I'm sort of almost there yeah uh, you know the, the 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 jump up is not as mm-hmm. high as say learning to play piano in a jazz band that would take ages yeah. years um, so yeah I, I think i'm really enjoying it you know it's my fingers were in bits for the first few weeks like <laughs> you're getting blisters on parts of your finger that you you never use on the electric bass because right, you're, yeah. you're you're putting them in a different position it's just mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. and you know the thumb the, the that muscle there that by your thumb yeah. that having you know holding your hand for that long it's you, you forget you used to get it when you started playing guitar but yeah. i hadn't got it for ages um because yeah. it's just the, the neck's so fat on it and you know, the strings are so thick you know what i used so, to find when i played upright was this holding your hand up for that long yeah wow <laughs> yeah it's just like you can't do it for that long i mean it's crazy 
it's, it's, it's so phys- it's so much more physical yeah. I, I i did actually take it down to a gig once and i played two songs and i was just sweating <laughs> uh, and and as soon as i sat down and played the the electric it just completely dried up after like one song and i was back yes. to normal you just forget you, you you don't know what you're doing but you're yeah. doing something more physical than you are when you're playing down here it's yeah. like being with a large woman <laughs> 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 it's, it's, oh, yeah, it is. It is. It is it's like being with a large. Yeah, it is. Right. It's like you know, kind of a. <laughs> where do Where do you go from there? Um, so, so now you're talking about playing playing upright ba- bass. You do have a, a, a. We can see here, listeners. We are looking at uh, Adam's studio, and we've got some instruments in there. And front and center there is the double bass. Tell us about this particular instrument that you got behind you. Yeah. So this is made in uh, I, th- I think it's Bu- budapest wow. uh, by a guy uh a, a luthier out there who it, it's all obviously handmade um hand carved solid wood mm. um with like a little fisherman pick up at the bottom and a lovely bridge um and you, it's yours for twelve thousand pounds my god which, which is what fifteen thousand dollars or something um which to have behind me, I just, I, I try not to think about it too much. You move your chair around very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Teddy's not allowed anywhere near this room. Oh my uh, goodness. Right. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, it's, 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 it's really well made. So, I mean, you've got to do something really stupid to, uh, he says touch wood to, 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 to do some serious damage to it. You've got to do, you know, like those um what those when they start jumping on top of it and stuff the oh rockabilly God. the rockabilly band. guys yeah. Yeah, yeah i wouldn't be doing that yeah. not with this bad spinning boy. it around yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> you don't you don't really want to be doing that with this um so yeah it's it's just it, it is nice to play but mm-hmm. i i haven't really got anything to compare it to so i've i've ordered one which is a, a laminate one made in china that's arriving soon i think uh, but it's been set up by a guy in the uk um and hopefully i'll get it in, in, in the next couple of weeks but be interested to compare the two i mean i know that it's not going to be as nice to play as that because it, it can't be it just sure. can't be you know oh my um, God, but I'm, I'm hoping uh i'm hoping it's still playable um, and then at least that way i can get that thing out of my house and you know not have to worry <laughs> <laughs> it would just be stressful to have that in the house yeah you know? It's yeah. just crazy. Well, I, I can't imagine spending that on like an acoustic, any other instrument. Can you? Like, how can you spend it's that amount of money on oh. any instrument? It's I don't think I've, I've my car and my house. That's it. That's yeah. all I have spent yeah. that on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you just take this thing to gigs and stuff, and you put it in a <sighs> little bag and just cart it around. It's just like oh, wow. it's it's unbelievable watching the New York City jazz musicians, ba- the bass players, with mm-hmm. a fucking wheel. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. like a tire at the bottom of it wheeling through <laughs> yeah. the subways i mean it's amazing it's amazing boom, boom, down the steps yeah it's, yeah and i would be freaking out because the amount of people you're going to bump into and shit like that it's, it's wild yeah. it's wild yeah. yeah i know yeah i haven't even thought about that I how do you get they are, yeah. do you put in the back here do you have a truck so no i've got a smart car unfortunately so <laughs> it definitely won't fit in there so um, to the roof. <laughs> i do have access to like a little bit like a, do you remember my little yellow van i had paulie i've got one oh, yeah. to that, a white one yeah. but I, I can borrow now and again so it fits mm. in the back of that comfortably um but you know as i say I, I i don't take it to gigs um a because you know i don't have a vehicle that can and b because i'm not good enough yet right. um 
but I'll, I will be hopefully I'm confident in the next few months I'll be able to maybe do half a set or something uh, cool, you know, at least give it a whirl that's awesome that's 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 really awesome that you you have that right there in that room I also see a couple of Martin guitars here we had a we had the conversation with uh, Gerald Edward last week about Martin versus Taylor. So are you a guy, you have no Taylors mm. in your house? No Taylors in that? No, no, I wouldn't have them in the ass. Oh, no. wait, there you, you go. Have, you don't have any <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a Martin. I don't really know why. Um, I just, I, I've nothing against Taylors, to be honest. Uh, I know a, a couple of, you remember Charlie, don't you? He, he's a, he's a big into, yeah, into Taylors. Um, so i've got an om orchestra model there mm -hmm. and then the martin d35 at the back which is like the a dreadnought yeah mm -hmm. now um, did you yeah. did you go to the do i remember you saying you went to the factory for one of those or did you make it to the factory no i, I wish i wish i could have gone to the factory because it's right by you it's not far from your place is it so I'd have loved 30 to have minutes from me yeah it's right oh, wow. at nazareth Pence. i actually went i bought a guitar from a factory did you oh, I, I didn't buy a nice guitar from the factory i bought a cheap guitar from the factory but it's from the factory yeah, um, sure. it's and they've got like a little museum in there and like the guitar that i bought they were like oh what guitar would you like i was like it was a uh, one of the it was one of the the, the less expensive uh orchestra models and um, oh, yeah. it was a Sapili uh, mm -hmm. body and, and top and uh, it's a lovely guitar and I still I still play it from time to time and um, but they go back and they get it from the line they literally here's a guitar here's one we just made like you can smell yeah. the glue on it and everything that's yeah. and it's got like Martin I use Martin retro strings the nickel ones oh, yeah. uh, and it's got a new set of those on it and it's uh, but I'm, I'm the same I mean and Gerald last week was the same and he was like nope no tailors and I've got a theory about it. <clears throat> so the the it's all about the feel of the guitar, right? I mean, the 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 there's a there's a distinct the main difference between a Martin guitar and a Taylor guitar physically is that the Martin has a fatter neck. Mm -hmm. The Taylor has like it's 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 more narrow at the nut where the where the head stock joins the neck. And I, I just think it's because Martin players have girthier dicks. <laughs> it's got to be right. What do you think? Gertie Wonder. Gertie, yeah, I gotta have a Gertie Wonder. So you can. Hopefully, Charlie will listen to this. Uh, yeah, hopefully Charlie listens to this podcast and his wife doesn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good theory. It, it, it needs some further investigation. I think. Yeah, I think I think we'll. we'll uh, I think we're just gonna leave that one there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah let's yeah let's let's leave it let's leave it there but it's it's kind of a phenomenon though isn't it because we were talking about this with gerald last week and it's like you know like i i've had i mean my main bass now is i i use two bases i use a, a music man and i use a warwick i have no problem ha having a music man and a warwick uh, i would have no problem using a music man or having a fender on the on the, the stand next to me but we simply will not have a Martin and a Taylor. No, it's crazy. It's true, it's isn't it? I want this. It's, it's it just, it's such a cult thing. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, you guys all, are crazy. I don't know even what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. 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 Got the drummer over here. Um, so like what's, what's next 
musically for you? And then what's next in life? I mean, are you going to just, uh, are you going to continue self-producing? Is there anything in the works right now that we can look forward to? So, well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm always writing, you know, whether it's ready to be released or not, I'll, I'll work on, on projects. And if I can, if I think it's good enough, I'll put it out there. Um, but I've got, you know, I've got hundreds of, of projects that I didn't feel were, were worth sharing with anyone. <laughs> so I just keep them to myself or I, I didn't feel they, they needed any more work. I just thought, I'd, you know, I'd leave it there. That's not really, it, it's not as I thought it was going to be. So you just move on. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll continue as I am, um, getting ideas down. Um, a, a lot of my spare time now is obviously taken learning that thing over there so oh, okay. it's it's difficult and it's th that's the only, my only barrier now is time to do any of this stuff uh because i work during the day mm -hmm. um and I, the gigs are coming back and i've got teddy and you know i've got other things going on so it's hard to it's really hard now to to just have the 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 time to to really dedicate to 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 writing and recording because it's uh -huh. it, i love it but it's just it's time consuming you know sure. Uh, it's hard. Do you think that the uh, playing playing jazz uh, is? Do you? I mean, ha already, do you notice any change in how you're thinking about or approaching writing, or do you think it eventually will change? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. The song um, "Feel It Coming." So that's a, like a chord sequence intro, um, and it's basically just inversions of a of a G G major seven just going up the neck and that's the shapes that i use on the electric guitar uh gypsy jazz chord voicings uh and so that's a perfect example of exactly that the i would not have used that chord sequence 12 months ago or, or 24 months ago because okay. i wouldn't have known those voicings okay so it's interesting how i can yeah you, you can draw on anything you know anything you're playing it doesn't matter what genre it is yeah you know what what kits in or whatever you, you just never know when it's going to strike and you think oh you know oh, there's a little i can use that i like i like that uh it you know it's 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 a, it's great the way the music can do that and you you, you can do you can just get instrumentation in, in, inspiration from anywhere um so yeah there, there's an example of, a perfect example of uh yeah me using the jazz in the pop uh, you know that's crossover great. Yeah. that's great and then it's exciting to you know i'm now I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, yeah. your, your, your next, uh, your next songs, man. Yeah. Great. I mean, I'm hoping to, I'm always hoping to, to, to get something else out there. I've, I've got one that's, that's nearly, nearly done, but I'm just, there's something about it I'm not happy with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just need to, I, I don't know if it's more the arrangement side of things or it's just the way I've recorded certain of the, the vocals maybe, or <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting adept now at just thinking, I don't like that verse. I'm just going to completely take it out and put a new verse in. Whereas before, okay. I'd have been reluctant to do that. You know, I'd have been reluctant. I'd, I'd have just say, I'll leave the song as it is. Don't don't make such wholesale changes. Mm -hmm. But because you're in logic, because I'm writing in logic now, you just like cut cut pull it out. <laughs> sure. Just record a new bit. It's, it's so easy. Yeah. Um, so uh, that that's maybe what I'll do with that. I may just take it back to the drawing board and just go back to the arrangement side of things and, and pull out some bits and, and make sure I'm happy with it. And then hopefully get it out there. And then maybe before the end of the year with a bit of luck. 
Yeah, like, it's weird because you get you get you do like you said earlier on. You get less precious about your your, your songwriting your, your your art as you get older, and it's it's kind of you get more relaxed and you tend to enjoy it more. But uh, sorry, mm-hmm. Anthony, what did you have there? No, I was just gonna say um, the way that you're using logic, it 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 sounds like you've you're finding you've found a way to uh, to to make writing work within your time constraint and just because of your life. I think mm-hmm. I think that's great, actually. I think that's helpful mm-hmm. <clears throat> for anybody listening who's a songwriter. It's really helpful to hear uh, is that, and I think, I don't know, I think any musician, instrumentalist specifically, I think, mm-hmm. you should learn uh, a, a DAW, how to, how to navigate it, how to use recording software. You, you should learn how to hook up an interface to your device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, Adam, you're, you're a great example of that. You're doing all of this stuff from home yourself and uh i'm sure when you started doing it it didn't come to you right away same with me when i started about five years ago i think maybe maybe five or six years ago recording drums yeah it's like i didn't know what an eq band did i had no (laughs) you know you just fuck around until oh i like that now can i remember what i did to get (laughs) you know Um, yeah and it's i'm kind of getting into that getting into that space where you're like the, the only rule is there's no rules. Uh, I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but if it sounds good to you, it means it's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, and that's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, sure. You, you can dive down the rabbit hole absolutely. Of, of, of getting too, too into gear and, uh, and, and trying to make it sound mm-hmm. perfect and all that. It's just never going to sound perfect. So yeah, just, is. just get a good performance captured, uh, yeah put a bit of reverb on it and you know, turn it, send it out uh don't 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 get too bogged down into the whole sure. audio technology side of things because it can hold you back that's um, right and and you're on a hiding to nothing you're never gonna you're never gonna get there you're never gonna get like the the fully fledged studio mm-hmm. um and, and well i say you're never gonna you might do it's quite unlikely that <laughs> you might do <laughs> yeah yeah i've thought about it i've thought about selling my house and, <laughs> yeah. and, but it's you know yeah to get the mess the best milk you gotta treat the other right and uh that's you know that's that's, <laughs> that's a good that's a good image to leave me with well Ad, uh, adam you're you're five hours ahead of us here so it's getting to uh it's getting to to, to bedtime for well teddy's been in bed for hours and uh, yes yeah it's getting yeah. time for daddy to go to bed it's Adam, thank you so much for spending a couple of hours with us. This was great. Uh, it was really good to, yeah, it was really good to to um, to catch up with you and uh, and Anthony. I'm sure you agree. Good to meet you, man. Uh, nice, yeah, great to meet you too. No, Thanks. I'd love Thanks, to. Anthony. Hopefully, one day in the future, we'll, we get to play together. It'd be fantastic. That that would be amazing. Actually, I'd I'd love that. I'd love that for sure. Awesome, awesome guys. Listen, uh, Adam Marshall. Uh, you'll have heard some of his, uh, his, his material throughout the podcast. We'll have been dropping it in under what, when we've been talking about it. Um, artist name, he goes under name Dennison. He's on, we're going to put all the links, Spotify, uh, social media, Adam, you've got, um, yeah, I've Instagram? got, uh, Instagram and, uh, Facebook. Okay. Those two. Perfect. Well, we're going to. Put all the links and everything in the uh, in the the podcast uh, in the podcast information and uh, you know thanks for spending the time thanks for sharing your you know your 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 insights on your music and we're like it's I've been friends with you for so long I've I've gone through every phase of of music fandom so being your friend being your your colleague and now I get to be a fan which is it's it's really enjoyable so it's uh, 
this has been an absolute pleasure and uh, come back and uh, and talk to us again sometime we'd love that yes love to yeah yeah great thanks thanks very much for your time and, uh, guys thanks you, for inviting me cool man awesome right everybody take care and be done biz to you <laughs>